0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. German Vice Chancellor Robert Habeck certainly delivered a speech, which should have delivered a message... And it has been compared to some of the finest speeches in modern history. Habeck underlined Germany's commitment for the security of the state of Israel and tied it directly to Germany's responsibility for the Holocaust. Uh, The vice chancellor, Habeck, condemned the rise in anti-Semitic incidents and warned that uh, the ban on supporting Hamas uh, has to be followed by a ban on public activity in support of Hamas. And Mr. Habeck stated the burning of Israeli flags during a demonstration in Germany and praising Hamas, terror, were criminal offenses. And he added, quote, any German citizen who does this will have to answer for such offenses in court. Those who are not German citizens will risk their residency status. Anyone who does not yet have a residence permit will have provided a reason to be deported. Now you have to find out if there's teeth behind the words. Uh, Similar things have been said by other European leaders. President Macron of France was the first to step forward after October the 7th and uh, disallow demonstrations supporting Hamas. They happened anyway, but the president of France said, look, this is a criminal offense and uh, we're going to charge people and they will go to jail. And then he talked about deportation, which is what the... uh, the austrians picked up on and uh, the brits as well. Now there's a huge demonstration in London today. Katja Hoyer, Dr. Katja Hoyer joins us, visiting research fellow at King's College in London. She's an op-ed journalist for leading international publications, German Anglo-historian and author of Beyond the Wall: A History of East Germany 1949 to 1990. It's a great book, tremendous reviews. And uh, Dr. Hoyer is also the uh, author of the blog Zeitgeist, Z-E-I-T-G-E-I-S-T. Gotcha. because I speak German, I understand what that means.
1: <laughs> That's excellent. I'm, I'm glad to be back on your show, Roy. Good to be here again.
0: Yeah, it's good to talk to you again. Ich spreche Deutsch. Ich bin in Deutschland zur Schule gegangen.
1: Sehr gut. Ich auch.
0: <laughs> no, uh, ganz bestimmt. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> here we go. Let's try this language. Uh, look before we talk about anything else. What happened in London today? How would you describe what I saw? I saw lots of uh, posts and a video on Twitter. It looked like a massive demonstration. The police lost control of. Uh, what? What really? What went on?
1: Yeah, it was a huge demonstration. The police say about three hundred thousand pro-Palestine um, supporters came to London um, for a demonstration, and there was also a counter demonstration by many. Sort of people who felt, well, that was initially how it was built. Who felt that um, Armistice Day, the eleventh of November, when the country is remembering its, um, you know, the people that died in 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 the various conflicts in the twentieth century and the twenty-first century, isn't the day to do this, and that attracted, in turn, uh, you know, people who came to London um, for for violence, frankly. So it escalated quite a bit on the streets, and as I understand it, over one hundred people were being. Uh, arrested earlier today
0: so there were people who made their way to london specifically to engage as they did
1: yes that was um there there were calls basically from from several uh, organizations some of them far right uh to sort of call for almost like a culture war kind of clash between the pro palestinian um, the uh, dem- people who were out there for the demonstrations and the um, you know, people who saw it as their duty to sort of defend the Armistice celebrations.
0: Mm-hmm. S- things settled down now.
1: Uh, I think now they have, but during the day it seemed to um, it's it looked like it could have escalated at any point in time simply because the police were were of course massively outnumbered. Um, and were trying to sort of pen in the, the counter-demonstrators in particular areas in London, and they were trying to break through. So it certainly looked quite uh, critical at several points today. Mm-hmm.
0: Let's look at the German situation. And because of Vice-Chancellor Robert Habeck's speech, which, uh, which again, I've read, I read it in German, and I've read the translation in, in English, and it's an excellent speech, and it's been described by some as being... Uh, a speech for at least a decade or or maybe more than one decade. Um, what caused this speech? What is happening in Germany as far as anti Semitism anti Semitism is concerned?
1: Well, I think the 7th of October, um, when the um, horrific attacks happened in uh, in Israel, felt a bit of a turning point for Jews in Germany as well, because immediately you had a huge increase in anti-Semitic um, incidents all across the country, but particularly also in Berlin. Um, a synagogue, for instance, was attacked um, by people throwing Molotov cocktails at it. Um, and that, of course, rings very, very terrible alarm bells with uh, Jews in Germany, especially this close um, to the anniversary of Kristallnacht, which um, was on the 9th of November, you know, 1938. So, you know, the idea that you once again have sort of arson attacks on synagogues, graffiti being sprayed onto the the homes of, of Jewish people. Um, people, Jewish people don't really dare go out at the moment being sort of visibly uh, Jewish in their clothing or their appearance um, and all of that I think has worried a lot of politicians rightly worried politicians in Germany and Robert Habeck uh, being the leader of a centre-left party, the Greens, um, felt that he, uh, clearly felt that he needed to make that speech and then openly also addressed his own sort of political camp if you will, many of whom are, are on the pro-Palestinian side to basically say not to to cross over that threshold between sort of peaceful protests and actually, um, you know, kind of supporting a terrorist organization in in Hamas, which many um, of the demonstrations in in Germany seem to have done.
0: So, is there power behind those words, or are they just powerful words?
1: Well, that remains to be seen. What they have done so far is they've tried to ban um, several demonstrations where it was obvious, um, or there were indications to start with, that uh, many kind of extremist. Uh, people were going to join them who were going to burn flags on the the Israeli flag on the streets who were going to you know chant sort of slogans supporting Hamas and so on which is clearly um, you know veering into sort of illegal territory. so when when that was when there were indicators that that was going to happen uh, demonstrations were simply banned of course some of them went ahead in any case Um, the the police uh, uh, sort of Try to crack down on them and, and disperse them, but they're often, as in other countries, often outnumbered and, and not really capable of dealing with the sort of large congregations of, um, of people out on, on, the, on the streets.
0: Yeah, it doesn't. It's not a good optic when uh, when authorities are outnumbered by individuals supporting a terrorist organization. It's really not a good optic for uh, underscoring the the power of a government of a, of a nation over people who are raising Hades in that nation. Now, so we have France as well with uh, President Macron saying, "If you gather, it's a criminal offense. Gather to support Hamas publicly, it's a criminal and extraditable offense." Similar statement. Of it made by uh, the leaders in Austria. I believe that uh, uh, the Prime Minister of uh, the UK has has also talked um, deportation. Is that just is just talk? Same question, I guess.
1: Um. Well, again, it's difficult. I mean, they're not even at the moment able to um, extradite or deport people, even whose asylum you know seeker applications have been turned down, because quite often. You know, there, there are problems kind of returning people to their home countries because they don't, you know, accept people back. this paperwork that's missing. So, you know, in, in general, it's difficult to to deport people for whatever reason. Um, and more widely, I would say what all of the leaders in Europe um, are realizing at the moment is that just the wider issue of immigration is very tight, like sort of, you know, very tightly tied to this current debate about um, Israel and Palestine, because it's made into a bigger kind of culture clash, if you will, between different groups, um, and it's just a, a kind of convenient means, I would say, in my sort of quite cynical um, mind, uh, to sort of try and reassure populations that people are, you know, on the case with um, a sort of, you know, different groups of. Um, People that have come into the country potentially with, with uh, anti-Semitic attitudes, and that's I think one way of of showing the population that they're taking the the kind of issue of, of immigration more seriously than, um, than perhaps they are in indeed. At least the words are sort of there. I suppose that's the um one of the the ways in which that's um used at the moment politically.
0: Yeah, I never believe a politician when a politician says, "I feel your pain." I just, <laughs> I just. <laughs> It's just ridiculous, but they have a responsibility. Now, you wrote an op-ed, which is, I think, extremely important to to, to know about. Tell us about Anne Frank being written out of a German um, school, a little kid's school, because of the school's inclusion policy. Well, what's What's going on?
1: Yeah, so this is a it's a nursery um, for a sort of kindergarten type um, place uh, that is called um, the Anna Frank kindergarten and has been since the since the 1970s many places in Germany are, are called after Anna Frank the, the German Jewish girl. Uh, who ended up being murdered in in Bergen-Belsen concentration camp um, because her her diary is so famous, of course, and also just, you know, the the lessons that can be learned from that horrific part of history. And the nursery felt that on the one hand side, it was difficult to uh, sort of get her story across to young children. um, And on the other side, it was offensive. To uh, some of the uh, sort of new groups of students that they have, by which they meant people with a, a sort of migration background, as they, as they phrased it. Um, so they were trying to change the name into something more uh, sort of mundane. Uh, so the new name was supposed to be World Explorer. Um, so I think I was, it was quite reassuring that there was a lot of pushback against this, and in the end, they had to back down. So, you know, local politicians as well as uh, the public outrage basically have in the end mounted up so much pressure that uh, that it's now not going ahead. Mm. Um, but I thought it was quite worrying when, you know, basically people who are involved in local politics and local education feel that they cannot get the story of Anna Frank across to people anymore and that the story is offensive to, to some people coming to the country. Um, I, f- I found they're both very, very worrisome kind of reasons to... Uh, you know, to sort of write Anna Frank out of that, um, out of that local town.
0: Yeah. Can't outthink those who are not thinking. Gotcha. Um, (laughs) As a historian, and a historian with German roots, and uh, your book, A History, Beyond the Wall, A History of East Germany, 1949 to 1990, is just amazing. What are your concerns about what's happening today? And uh, this question just occurred to me. Is there a difference in attitude in the parts of Germany that were once West Germany and East Germany today?
1: Um, I think, in terms of this conflict, uh, the bits of history that clash there is not so much East and West. I think it's more a sense that, on the one hand side, kind of Germany needs to uh, continue to bear the responsibility of the crimes it committed during the Second World War, namely the Holocaust. And as a result of that, it um sort of that's the reasoning behind the the sort of staunch support for Israel um at sort of state level. Um but on the other hand, there's also a constant accusation whenever Germany decides to ban something or suppress um, you know, the expression of of freedom of speech in the widest sense that, you know, there's also immediately the accusation that we've seen this before and, and you know, back in the day protests were were squashed and and plurality of thought wasn't allowed Um, and immediately the same history is drawn upon you know to say that there needs to be freedom of speech so I think those two narratives as far as the um, uh, sort of conflict in, in Israel and Gaza is concerned those two histories seem to clash so there were protesters out there chanting things like free Palestine from German guilt." Um, you know where there's kind of an assumption there that it's it's uh, sort of Germany's guilt about the Holocaust alone that is is making Germany stand on that side mm-hmm. uh, rather than the other. So I think those are the contested histories. But one way or another, Germany is certainly still very much haunted by its own um, past and the way that public discourse is happening today.
0: Okay, have thirty seconds. Tell us about your blog Zeitgeist.
1: Um, So Zeitgeist is me as a a sort of German Or somebody of German origin uh, Thinking about German history and politics And and tying this in with the sort of things I see and do on a day-to-day basis Particularly as I'm travelling around the world um, At the moment uh, Talking about East Germany Because of my book um, a lot And that tends to often tie in with um, You know, the the things that I see and do In various different places Um. So it's a mix of a blog and, And some history and politics thrown in as well.
0: Where do we find it?
1: Um, It's just called Zeitgeist. So if people Google Zeitgeist and, and my name, Katja Heuer, um, it'll come up. Okay. So okay. katjaheyer.co.
0: Heuer is H-O-Y-E-R. Yeah. I, I used to spell it, initially I spelled it like the watch company. And then I thought, how come I'm not getting a return <laughs> here? Anyway, Katja, it's great to speak with you again. Thank you so much for the time. Thank you, Roy. If you want to hear more,